Does fatigue sometimes hold you back from doing the things you want to do? Studies show that your cellular health may start to decline as early as 25 years of age, increasing your fatigue. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. It's NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics. NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT Factor is available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. I've been using NT Factor for years and prescribe it for my patients. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Plus, during the entire month of December, you can enjoy 20% off the entire line of NT Factor products. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com for 20% off site-wide during the entire month of December. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I am your host, Layla Mutin. I am a registered dietitian, certified dietitian nutritionist in the state of New York. I work with Dr. Hoffman since 2005. In fact, it's, it was October of 2005 that I joined him, and it's been 13 terrific years, and we continue, and I'm so happy about that. Thank you for listening to these podcasts. And if you have any questions, uh, topics of interest, or comments, please email me to radioprogram at AOL.com. That is radioprogram at AOL.com. I want to talk to you about some scientific research here. This is actually coming from SpectraCell. They do a very nice job at... Um, putting together some summaries and linking to the studies that are of importance. So here's the first one. This is intravenous vitamin B1. That's thiamine. Vitamin B1 is thiamine. <clears throat> intravenous vitamin B1 improves survival in patients with septic shock. We're hearing more and more about sepsis lately, uh, the importance of catching it in time, of uh, hospital emergency rooms being able to diagnose it correctly. It's, uh, it's really something. Um, so evidence has shown that critically ill hospitalized patients are commonly deficient in vitamin B1, also known as thiamine. In this study, Patients were studied who had been admitted to a hospital with a diagnosis of septic shock. A total of 123 patients with septic shock were given vitamin B1 intravenously within 24 hours of being admitted to the hospital. They, these 123 patients, were compared to 246 similar patients with septic shock that were not given any vitamin B1 in the hospital. And since deficiency of vitamin B1 impairs a cell's oxidative metabolism ability, those who are deficient 
in B1 may have an impaired ability to remove toxins from the bloodstream. Think about that, to remove toxins from the bloodstream. What else makes, what makes us deficient in B1? Alcoholism or chronic use of alcohol or regular use of alcohol, right? And what are symptoms and problems with low B1? Uh, Age-related cognitive decline, fatigue, Alzheimer's. The B vitamins are very important in metabolism, in, uh, in the Krebs cycle, also in glycolysis. So vitamin B1, it's, it's pretty common to be low or low normal in many people. But those who are deficient, uh, this is a real problem because those who are deficient in B1 may have an impaired ability to remove toxins from the bloodstream. In septic shock, lactate accumulates in the blood, indicating that the cells cannot perform basic energy metabolism. So think of lactic acid. Think about after you've gone for a, a long run or you're exercising vigorously and your muscles start to hurt, they get sore. That's a buildup of lactic acid. And if you're healthy, your body clears that quite readily. And B1 helps us to do that. So, um, coming back to the study, after 28 days, patients who were given vitamin B1 had lower death rates, which the author suggests was likely due to their improvement in lactate clearance. Since elevated blood lactate is an indication of tissue hypoxia, cells dying due to the lack of oxygen, and occurs during sepsis, if the body can clear lactate from the blood, chances of survival increase. In this study, vitamin B1 improved survival of hospitalized sepsis patients. This is in the journal Critical Care Medicine, and this is posted ahead of printing in Critical Care Medicine. So vitamin B1, what does it do? Carbohydrate conversion, it breaks down fats and proteins, it's important in digestion, nervous system, skin, hair, eyes, mouth, liver, immune system. Where do we find it? We find it in pork, we find it in organ meats, we find it in whole grains, brown rice, we find it in wheat germ and bran, we find it in brewer's yeast, we find it in blackstrap molasses. And when we don't get enough, and because, you know, Alzheimer's is the third epidemic. What are the first two? Obesity and diabetes. Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes, diabetes of the brain. But, you know, anybody going to the doctor's office and complaining of forgetfulness, dementia, anything like that, or being um, assessed for any cognitive impairment, mild cognitive impairment, MCI, they look for deficiency in B1. This is very important to look at for these micronutrient deficiencies first. It's also the easiest fix. Think about it. And of course, they would look at B12. You need that for nervous system, for cognition, all of that. B12, B1, all of this is very, very important. So, very, very interesting study from clinical care medicine. Here's another one. 
and the title is this lipoprotein is a better predictor of cardiovascular disease than LDL cholesterol in certain people. That's interesting, in certain people. And this is from the Journal of Clinical Lipidology. This was from August of this year, August 2018, the Journal of Clinical Lipidology. So, although the development of atherosclerosis, which is clogging of the arteries, occurs to some degree in most people over the course of their lifetime, it's true, you know, we're only born with pristine arteries. That all changes uh, as we grow and develop. So, although atherosclerosis occurs to some degree in most people over the course of their lifetime, there are certain genetic mutations that predispose some people to very early onset of atherosclerosis. This disorder, called familial hypercholesterolemia, is characterized by unusually high cholesterol levels in young people, even children. So, a group of pediatric patients, that's 129 children, with a family history of early heart disease, atherosclerosis, were identified for this particular study. Two things were measured. LDL cholesterol, that's low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, which is commonly measured, albeit sometimes a misleading biomarker for heart disease. And you know, we've seen that in our practice. We see people with cholesterols in the 300s, very high LDLs, say in the 200s or something, Dr. Hoppen will send them for an EBT heart scan, they come back with zero calcification. So that high LDL is doing nothing, right? But that's not in all cases. It's a misleading biomarker. It really is, just looking at LDL and making an assumption that there may be uh, coronary artery disease. So in these children, 129, two things were measured, LDL cholesterol, and lipoprotein little a. This is a very important marker. It's a less commonly measured but a clinically useful biomarker that is cited by the National Cholesterol Education Program as an emerging risk factor for measurement. Hey, we've been looking at lipoprotein little a for years. We know it, but apparently this is emerging with the National Cholesterol Education Program. Anyhow, I'm glad they're finally getting on the bandwagon with lipoprotein little a. So it's also called LP little a. It's involved in the formation of plaque, which is atherosclerosis, and is also linked to thrombosis, which is blood clotting, blood clots, blood clots, both of which occur in heart disease. So the authors of this study found that LDL cholesterol was not elevated in children whose family had a history of premature heart disease. But children with family history of early onset heart disease were three times more likely to have high levels of lipoprotein little a. See? It's not all about that LDL. Ask your doctor, ask your cardiologist to test your lipoprotein little a. So, in fact, the authors concluded that measurement of lipoprotein A, little a, in children with familial hypercholesterolemia is a better risk predictor than just looking at LDL cholesterol. 
particularly when family history is limited. So you're probably asking, but hey, Layla, how do we lower lipoprotein little a? If my lipoprotein little a is high, how do I lower this? Well, this is a tough nut. There is some limited research that says vitamin C and L-carnitine may be helpful to some limited degree in lowering lipoprotein little a and I'll tell you any patient that comes into our office and has a high lipoprotein little a this is the standard recommendation for them besides taking a very critical look at the diet seeing if that lipoprotein little a number changes over the course of time this is also very important right so we test for lipoprotein little a it's a blood test and we find that taking uh, L-carnitine or acetyl-L-carnitine, both are, it's still good carnitine, both of them, and vitamin C. Generally, you don't want to go too far above 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C. It may have a laxative effect, or you can build it up slowly to tolerance. So those are useful. So listen, lipoprotein little a is a much more important marker for heart disease than is LDL. Again, this is in the Journal of Clinical Lipidology from August. Ah, and here's another study, another clinical update. Vitamin C and E, vitamins C and E, which you know are antioxidants, right? Critical antioxidants. Vitamin C and E help elite athletes recover after competition. In this randomized placebo-controlled, double-blind study, and you know that's the gold standard. In this randomized, placebo-controlled, double-blind study, 18 elite athletes were divided into two groups to measure the effects of short-term but high-dose vitamin C and E supplementation on recovery after intense competition. Group 1 was given vitamin C, 2,000 milligrams, and vitamin E, 1,400 units, or international units, daily for three days prior to competition, plus the day of the competition, for a total of four days taking supplements. Group 2 was given a placebo. Now, on the day of competition, each athlete competed in four consecutive Olympic Taekwondo matches and blood samples were taken five times before each of the four Taekwondo matches on competition day and then 24 hours later. Three markers of recovery were measured muscle damage, hemolysis, hemolysis which is the breakdown of red blood cells, and we often see hemolysis in people who are runners. You know, all that pounding can be breaking down some red blood cells in those who are actually prone. So they looked at these three markers of recovery, muscle damage, hemolysis, which is a breakdown of red blood cells, and systemic inflammation. Those receiving the vitamin C and E supplements had less muscle damage, meaning they had better muscle recovery and lower levels of inflammation 
than the group taking placebo. This study showed that short-term supplementation with vitamin C and E effectively mitigated exercise-induced muscle damage in elite athletes. Now, this is from the International Journal of Medical Sciences, and that was from the summer in July of this year. International Journal of Medical Sciences. This is very, very, very interesting. Oh, and here's, here's the last one I'll talk to you about today, and this is interesting to myself personally, this clinical update. Is gray hair caused by a weakened immune system? New research suggests the link between premature gray hair and our immune system is stronger than we think. This is bad news for me, I'll tell you. I'm prematurely gray. My hair is white at this point. A team of researchers from the University of Alabama and the National Institutes of Health found a link between gray hair and immunity. That link is called MITF microphthalmia-associated transcription factor, MITF, microphthalmia-associated transcription factor, which is a unique protein that regulates both pigment-producing cells, the melanocytes, and some immune cells. Specifically, MITF controls the genes that regulate melanin synthesis. Melanin, you know, is the pigment that's found in skin that causes a tan when exposed to sunlight, right? That's how we tan. And a lack of melanin in hair makes it gray. That's interesting. The researchers discovered that the genes that control hair pigmentation also control part of the normal immune response humans have against invading bacteria and viruses. That's interesting. They actually demonstrated that a virus introduced, introduced into mice could make them more genetically susceptible to premature gray hair. This is fascinating. The protein, MITF, has functions in immunity and pigmentation that apparently overlap, suggesting that weakened immunity and gray hair are linked after all. In other words, those with premature gray hair may be more likely to have lowered immune function. That's very interesting. I'm not more prone to colds than anyone else I know, and the gray in my family is also hereditary. My mother went gray in her 20s, as did I. So uh, this is really something to consider. This is um, uh, Public Library of Science Biology. Hmm. That's the resource uh, for this, about the gray hair and, and the immune system. And this was from May of this year, 2018, Public Library of Science Biology. So some direct link between MITF 
innate immunity and hair graying. Interesting, interesting stuff. So these clinical pearls, as we like to call them, is part of SpectraCell's clinical update newsletter. And they always present some very interesting stuff. I'm on their listserv, so I get a lot of this material. This is how we keep you advised of uh, interesting findings in the scientific literature. So intravenous B1 improves survival in patients with septic shock. Lipoprotein little a may be a better predictor of cardiovascular risk than LDL, especially in those with hereditary coronary artery disease, in those who start to develop as children. You know, that person who you hear about dying of a heart attack in their 40s, like when they're 44 years old or something like that. Vitamin C and E help elite athletes recover after competition. Critical antioxidants, right? And is gray hair caused by a weakened immune system? Interesting stuff. And again, if you want to reach me, you can email to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for joining me in another edition of Layla Weighs In here on Intelligent Medicine. There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, R.D., I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.